So you uh, you were at a charity poker game yesterday. I know. I was playing with this guy. Yeah, he's and pissed off at me still. He doesn't know how to play <laughs> he came when you're in. with someone at the table. He came in and he's like, oh, yeah, I was at a poker tournament. You know, I was like, you know, the I play the style with like the turn and the river. And I'm like, okay. Texas Hold'em. I said Texas Hold'em. <laughs> well, obviously, out of everybody that could, no one could knock me out besides this guy. And I'm with him. <laughs> and I'm like, and I literally said, fold. He's like, why don't you give me a signal? I said, I said fold. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what other words you want to use in the English language. Fold your cards. He's like, I got to call this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You can't. It was fun. That was a lot of fun. This, this is charity. a charity. This yeah, what, charity. Are, what are you sending signals for in a charity game? <laughs> he still wants to win. It's a winning mentality, man. <laughs> doesn't matter. I didn't buy in once. This guy bought in like five times. <laughs> it's for charity. <laughs> well, um, firstly, Michael Motamedi. Motamedi, yeah. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, this is episode five of the Gents Talk series, uh, coming to you from the Startwell Studio here in Toronto. Um, obviously, we have to, to shout out our, our sponsors real quick, Belova, for hooking us up with the, the beautiful watches. You have the Sinatra watch on. Oh, which I love is, this watch. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's got the thing. fedora. And it's like perfectly my style because I'm very kind of like simple, so yeah. like very low stated. I don't wear jewelry. I don't wear nothing. Just a watch. It's just the personality that's loud. Yeah, it, <laughs> exactly. I have to balance it out. Yeah. <laughs> And, some uh, people say loud, some people say annoying, so I like loud better than Loud is nicer. <laughs> Charismatic. Charismatic's a good one. Um, and then, of course, got style for styling the gents here. I uh, appreciate them, as always. So, um, Eamon, I'm going to really kick it off to you, because you know Michael. You've known Michael for some time. Yeah, Michael you... uh, Michael happens to be a very, very dear friend of mine, and uh, he's got a pretty crazy history. So, you've been on MasterChef Canada. You've owned a nightclub, a bar, a restaurant. A fashion brand with someone here at the table. <laughs> Person talking. Baffy baby. Uh, a cutting board company. Now you're into commercial real estate. You're building a ho- you're building a couple hotels. Oh, you missed the, the bourbon industry too. And most yeah, most recently, <laughs> before the real estate, you joined a bourbon company. You took it from zero to what? Yeah, we, we can't talk numbers. We don't talk but numbers, you, but, it, but it, we got you know majority stake was acquired by a very large company. And you did that like pretty much through creative sales and marketing and just thinking outside the box, which, you know, knowing you personally is something I can say you do a lot. You just, you just look at things differently, which is kind of cool. So, um, most recently though, you're traveling the world with your wife and daughter. You a decided- newborn. Nine months. Nine months. I'm Congratulations, old man, boys. You decided to, <laughs> you decided to just sell everything off, go travel the world and then next thing you know, you're blown up on TikTok. So tell I mean, us about that. when you say it like that, that sounds pretty cool. I'll be very <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> no, but honestly, right now, traveling has been um, quite the journey. You know, it, it came to a point where I was like, even I was loving what I was doing. Um, I was, when I had my daughter, you know, I was having multiple existential crises a day. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm just like asking all these questions in life and, and, Life was passing by. I was doing 12, 15 hour days and I would come home, I would sleep. I'd wake up and I'd do it again. And something inside of me just, and I talked to my wife about it and something inside of it was just like, you know what? Let's just do something different. And we uh, decided to sell the house, sold the car. And then we've been traveling for like five months now. 
That's and how long was that process from like when you had that conversation with her to we got our plane ticket and we're going? First uh, of all, did she even was she in on it from the very beginning? Oh, she was the biggest advocate. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. My wife's like way she's got different the travel than bike. I am. Yeah, she's just the free bird. She's like one of the coolest people you'll ever meet in your life. Um, but yeah, I mean. It was pretty rapid, right? And it was, there wasn't a lot of planning involved. Now, don't get me wrong. I am in a financial situation to be able to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And I always say that to everybody. I preface that. Um, I'm not, I didn't jump, I'm not living in a van. You know what I mean? So there was obviously some calculations that needed to be done, projections that needed to be done. I'm a business-minded person, as you guys can probably tell from my entrepreneurial background. So before any sort of ticket was purchased, to, to use your terms, it was really about, hey, are we gonna survive? (laughs) Are we gonna be okay? We have a kid. And I remember what my wife told me. She's like, I'll never forget it. I mean, it changed my life. She's like, listen, if you're not happy doing what you're doing, you're gonna ruin this family. And so we gotta, yeah, she knows me. You know, I don't know how you guys are, but like, if I'm not happy, I bring it home. It's unfortunate, you know what I mean? and, and she's like, so let's just do something that we all love to do and we'll figure it out later. That's how she always like, we'll figure it out later. You know, she's yeah, she's a free spirit. Like she doesn't have a care in the I'm world. I'm like counting how many tortillas we each have to see how many tacos <laughs> we're going to split on the dinner table. You know what I mean? I'm like, that last one is yours, but can I have it? She's like, what do you mean? It's mine. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Where was, so, okay. You, you start off by saying, you know what, what, what was it that triggered the, the thought to do this okay so i've been asking myself this question over the last six to eight months and two questions and if i don't answer yes to both of them i don't do it anymore the first question is will my younger self be proud will that mm. five-year-old michael if he saw me today i'm getting chills right now when i think about it to be honest because it really i live by it now it's my philosophy that five-year-old michael look up and say man you did it you did a good job dude and my second question is, will my future self be thankful, right? This idea of me on my deathbed saying to myself and saying, hey, you lived a, f- can I cuss? I'm sorry. I don't yeah, know. You lived it. a fucking good life. You know what I mean, man? Good job on you. Experiences. Right? And so, like, we were collecting so many possessions instead of experiences, to your, you know, instead of memories, right? And, and that was kind of like this catalyst for me to say, Fuck it. Like we live on this this earth. This is the existential part. I don't want to get too deep into it. But like we're on this floating rock in the middle of this freaking universe <laughs> moving like billions of miles per hour in an ever-expanding universe, mind you, okay? And there's more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on the planet. And I'm sitting here like working 12-hour days. Like what? I need to go see things and like eat cool food and like – you know, meet new people and embrace new cultures. So long-winded way of saying that's how it started. Wow. And so for somebody that wants to do this or has been thinking about it, and everybody probably comes to you saying, wow, look, I would love to do this, but I can't do it. Or that's just not real for me. Or, you know, whatever the excuse is, what advice would you give? Like, what would be a reasonable, like, did you, you didn't plan this out. It's not like you planned it out five years ago. Say, we're going to do this. We're going to build up this much and then we're going to go, right? So somebody that is like, you know, just not, it just doesn't feel real for them. What would, what advice would you give them to make it sort of real and tangible? So it's interesting you say that because since I've been back in Toronto, obviously I have a vast network in Toronto, lived here for 13 years. Um, everyone asks kind of a similar version of that question, right? 
And I always say that based on my kind of research or whatever, whatever the terminology is for, the la for traveling for the last five months, there are three things that if you're doing one, only a one of those three things, you can do what I'm doing right now. One, a trade. I don't care if you're a plumber, an electrician, a server, a bartender, whatever that may be, you can go live anywhere, man. You can go and do it anywhere you want to do it. Because mm. everywhere needs these type right? of people, right? Two, you have some sort of digital nomad, I guess they're calling it nowadays, some sort of career or job that you can work from behind your computer and you don't have to be in an Remotely, office. And, yeah. and thank God for COVID for allowing that to open our, our minds up. For a lot of people. Right? Yeah. I mean, it changed people's lives. And then three, having some sort of passive income, kind of like what I do. I dabble in entrepreneurship as of right now, but as of right now, it's kind of just more passive income from like real estate or properties or whatever it may be, or you're playing the market or whatever it may be. Right. And so if you have at least one of those three things, you can do that. And the only thing that's holding back is fear, right? We live, especially in North America, we live in this cutthroat society of like, if I'm not working, I'm not productive. If, if I don't make that, I mean, it doesn't matter how much money you have either, by the way. I meet people with hundreds of millions and I meet people that are month to month. They still feel like, oh, I can't pay that bill. Because that monthly, that monthly fixed costs, they go up. You know, I meet guys that have maybe $50,000 fixed costs a month. That's okay? insane. And, and I they're saying, I, I, can't, I can't travel. I can't go to Italy. We have fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Your costs are fifty thousand a month. You can't take a week off and like go sit in St. Bart's for a week or something. Like just go see people. Yeah, well, I think uh, some of that is like, especially with TikTok over the last two years and everybody being at home and trying to find that side hustle. There's now this this thing of you know hustle porn. It's like every time you open up a TikTok or a social media app and it's like, here's how you can make $500 extra a week or I'm going to help you become a millionaire. And that's all people see. And when they see that at some point, they become, um, it's almost demotivational. It has the opposite effect because they, they, they see all of this and they go, look, I, I can't do this. I got to worry about that next paycheck. I got to I gotta worry about working X amount. I don't have that luxury to, to go and start another business. That's nice. I see all of you influencers and all these people doing these things. That's great. I can't do that. And I think that a lot of people are stuck in that middle ground. And so it's interesting you say that because I think that one other thing that I've been thinking about continuously and one of the big questions that came to my mind when I was making this decision was like, hey, I'm on this track my whole life. I'm like, at some point, I'm going to get that private jet. At some point, I'm going to get that $200 million yacht. I mean, that was my trajectory. That's what my brain was telling me my whole life, right? During this period, I'm having, I have a child. My dad's retiring. He's like depressed that he's retiring. I'm like, things are like getting, I'm like, what's happening here in life, right? And so I had to ask myself a very important question, right? Am I right now, right now is where I stand, am I on the trajectory to get that private jet? Am I on the trajectory to get that yacht? Answer is no. Then let's kind of assess where that happiness threshold is, right? What is that little sweet spot for me? And so that was a tough conversation for me. I mean, I have a lot of conversations with people and I'm like, what are you talking about private jet? I'm like, that was literally my- But that's my a lot of self-awareness because a lot of people, like they have that dream, like I want to be a billionaire. I want to be this. They don't really and know what do it nothing takes. For it. Yeah, they don't yeah. know what it takes to do that. I want to own a, this team. I want to do that. I want to buy this or have a yacht and jet. But you made it real. You're like, okay, what does it take to get there? What are the guys and gals doing that- are there. And do I want to do that? Do I want to yeah. do that? And am I even close to- Is it to, worth yeah, the sacrifices? And so like when I found out my happiness threshold, again, I, 
I, I, I, the terminologies I'm utilizing are, this is all fresh to me. This is over the last couple of months, so I don't have to verbalize it in such an eloquent way. But when I figured out my happiness threshold, I'm like, okay, I know that like, if I go somewhere, I want to be in like at least a relatively nice house. I want to have a nice view. And I want to go to restaurants on the weekends, like if, when I'm traveling, right? Those are the things that I need. So when I'm doing those numbers, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do it. I can hit every one of those things, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's me though, right? That might be different for you. That might be different for you. And, and I don't think that traveling is necessarily the end all be all, right? It's finding out what, that's the end all be all, finding out what that happiness threshold is. Are you cool in that condo? Are you cool in that van? I mean, people are doing van lives now like crazy, right? Mm -hmm. What is that? Find out what that is. Have deep conversations with yourself. Understand where you are truly happy. And then just go live that. Because ambition is great. I'm not saying let's kill ambition. I'm just saying that at some point, ambition turns into something that overtakes your entire life. And then you forget to live. And then you're 40 and 50 years old and you're looking back and you say, man, I've been grinding because I think I want to be here, but I'm totally cool being over here. Yeah, or I'm like, I'll be happy when I get there. I'll, I'll enjoy life when I get there, you know, instead of enjoying you know, the adventure to get there and the happiness like day by day. And I'm, I'm starting to think about that a lot too. And it took me a while to really get that of like, oh, now I understand why people, you know, the saying of the cliche of like, it's not the journey is happiness is like, you know, the day by day. Like if you're happy every day, your journey is the most important part of it all. Yeah. If you're yeah. enjoying the journey, then you're always going to be happy. You're not waiting for some end result or some end goal. Right. Yeah. So why do you think that, uh, you know, people like your TikTok did so well and people sort of relate to you and, and why did it blow? Like, why do you think it blew up like it did? I mean, <clears throat> I don't really know. <clears throat> I think, um, just bring the little closer to you. I mean, I think I do have a, a sense of charisma. I see it in my everyday life. I'm pretty self-aware of that. You know, when I walk into a room, I can become friends with anybody. I don't really care if you're the busboy or, you know, you're Jeff Bezos. Like, I can talk to somebody, right? And I can see everything. We can be on the same level and we can talk about life, right? And I, so I brought that same kind of charisma to the TikTok in the sense of, like, let me just be myself. You know, I saw... This one good, really great piece of advice for content production, especially if you're kind of creating content yourself as an influencer, tastemaker, or whatever it is, and it was be the content, right? Mm, I like if, that. If you're the content, guess what? People come and they want to listen to Samir, right? They don't care where Samir is. Right. They just want to hear Samir, you know? And so I was like, hey, I'm pretty cool. I have a lot of great friends, and I... I can walk into a restaurant and become friends with everybody in the room why not just bring that same personality to the tiktok and that and that's why you think that the response has been so well just because it's authentic it's it's just you it's you know you don't know it's you being you kind of thing right yeah and i mean like i've been like i don't want to say this out loud but i mean a lot of people have been saying like they're comparing me to like the anthony bourdain of tiktok and i'm like whoa whoa bro like that guy's god okay like let's not are you a big fan he, uh, yeah a huge fan and I'm who like, isn't and it's like, don't, don't, I, first of all, thank you for saying it, but like, that's not what I'm trying to say. But I asked my wife to have kind of a reality check on it. And she's like, well, listen, he had charisma. He really liked, you know, experiencing new cultures. He liked, he didn't care. He could eat anything. He would experience anything. And, you know, he had a good gift of gap. I mean, he had a really great sense in how he spoke very eloquently. You have those things. But you're not Anthony Bourdain, so shut the fuck up. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep you grounded. <laughs> and would you think, like, would you call yourself uh, 
influencer or content creator like or just you being you and just like enjoying your life and documenting it because it's it's a lot of work to to do that isn't it it's a lot of work for sure i mean i'll answer your first question first i, I i'm not a big fan in this stage of my life i'm not a big fan of labels um they kind of like i don't know they like they put people in boxes for no reason it's like you're this and you're that and i'm like i'm just michael dude like i'm just like i want to eat some cool food i want to travel the world and i want to share with the world you know what i mean and I think the word influencer has changed so much over the times, you know? And like, I think it's almost been diluted in the sense because people were so money hungry that they were just attaching themselves to any brand for a couple zeros yeah. in their account. And like, we have this discussion all the time. It's like, I don't want to work with any brand unless I use it every day in my life. Sure. Yeah. You know, I don't want, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to go and get, oh, someone wants to pay me five, 10 grand for this pair of jeans. And I'm like, I would never wear those jeans. Guess what? I'm not doing it. You know, so f food seems to be a very big part of your life, and you had that stint on MasterChef Canada. You had uh, I think you finished what final? You were one of the finalists, no? <laughs> Sixth place. <laughs> it's not very good. Hey, that's still pretty. Uh, okay, so I'll I'll still say sixth place is still a lot further than a lot of people who are just trying to get on the show. <laughs> I was just trying to say that it's not just a stint, a little more than a stint, but yeah. Not, okay, not, maybe stint wasn't the right word, but the the point is you you did that. You had the cutting board experiment, the the, the project that you built out there. Um, what is it about food, particularly? that just resonates with you because food is a language in and of itself. It's how people communicate with each other. It's how they bond with each other. Every time you want to hang out with someone, you go out on a first date with someone, it's generally over food. Food plays such an important role in how we interact with each other. If we were sitting here and we had something to snack on and it wouldn't be terrible for the mic, we'd probably be doing that. Mm -hmm. Breaking bread. Breaking bread, yeah. So Let's put that together, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so how does that, like, where does food come into this equation for you? Because the traveling component you've referenced, you know, you want to eat at certain restaurants, you want to try different foods. Um, obviously, Anthony Bourdain <clears throat> is an influence by the sounds of it. Yeah, big time. And food, big, big part of him, who he is, who he stood for. Um, where does that fit in for you? So, interestingly enough, I'll take it, Take you guys back because I don't think it's like I don't want to give some romantic story. I'm just going to give you guys the real Come deal, real deal. You know, I don't want to give some romantic story, but you know, originally when I I left L.A., I grew up in L.A., so I left L.A. when I was like 17, 18 years old, and I came to Toronto. Um, and my dad was here at the time. He ended up leaving after a year, so and I ended up staying. And so I didn't have money. You know what I mean? And so I had to learn how to cook. I like good food, you know what I mean? And I have nobody around, I have no family, I have nothing. And so I just started cooking every night. And I just learned how to cook. And I'm like, man, this is so cool. Then I started having dinner parties. And I'm like, and then that kind of gradually turned into like really extravagant dinner parties, you know? And then, and then all of a sudden I'm a master chef. <laughs> all of a sudden I invented the ultimate cutting board. And it's like, okay, well, there's something really cool about this, not only because I'm passionate about it, but more so what I realized was, to your point, it's just something so amazing about community and culture that comes around food. I think you said it best. I was nodding my head like crazy. It's like, 
it's a language. Mm. You know, they talk about love languages. Mine's food. You know, I don't know if that's actually one of them, but that is me. I don't think it is. Yeah, well, it, it should be. It should be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the point is, like, when I go to these different places, um, I want to go and eat what they're eating. Mm. You know, I travel with some people and they're like, let's go get a steak. And I'm like, dude. We're like in Greece. They don't even have cows here. Like I don't like. <laughs> like what are you doing, bro? <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> yeah, I mean they have it, but it's not like what they're known for, no, right? Yeah, That's you're not going to and Greece. Lamb and stuff yeah. like that, or seafood, right? Yeah. Um, and so embracing the different cultures and understanding them through their food is big. I mean, food was always big when we were growing up too. I'm Persian, right? It was it's a big part of the culture. It was just massive. Yeah. Like, or go to my grandma. I mean, my grandma is like almost, I think she's over 90 years old. She's still like cooking tadik and rice and stuff like that. And I'm like, mm. I can't even get out of the couch right now. And like, this woman is like flipping rice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Where, where, where are some of the best places you've traveled to? Oof, that's hard. Um, you know, it's interesting because there. What I've what I've realized is that like traveling to different places, it's like almost like having like five suits in your six suits in your in your in your in your closet, right? It's like they're all your favorite suits. They're all just different colors for different occasions, right? So it's like people are like, "What's a favorite place to go?" I'm like, I can't answer that because everything is its own experience, right? I'm in Greece hanging out with. Um, a mother, a, a grandfather and a grandmother and her daughter and they're cooking me lamb and we're having parties singing Greek music and throwing plates on the ground, right? True story, by the way. Never <laughs> met these people in my life. Then I'm in Italy and I'm like hanging out with um, this guy named Adriano who I actually rented the villa from and he's taking me around town. We're going to get pizza. We're getting pasta. He's like, let's jump in the boat. We're on the Amalfi Coast. Let's go to the beach. I mean, that's like a whole experience in itself, right? Mm. I'm in Portugal and I'm hanging out with the waiters and waitresses out there because there was a restaurant right across from our house. And I, I became a regular over there within like two days. The first day I went there, he was like, hey, hello, how are you? And I'm like, great, I'm going to see you. I'm like, listen, I'm going to be here for a month. You're going to see me every day, okay? We're going to become very good friends. And we're going to probably have drinks at some point in the next week or so. He's like, okay. <laughs> What? <laughs> this guy's weird. <laughs> as long as the tips keep coming. <laughs> you know, exactly, right? And uh, that, that's what happened. I mean, we became friends. We went partying together. We did things together, you know? It's funny you say that because um, I've always been a regular at some bar, okay? Multiple bars at times, right? Or restaurants or whatever they may be. And my wife, when she was putting herself through school, was a server. And so she was like, I'm like, yeah, I'm a regular at this bar. She's like, you're like, what'd you say? I'm like, I'm a regular at this bar. I'm like, yeah, my, a lot of my friends actually work there. They're like, she's like, those aren't your friends. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, we hate regulars. <laughs> and that was the beginning of his first existential crisis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but jokes aside, I mean, she, get, she got to know that I was actually really good friends with these people. I mean, come back 20 years, 15 years later, I was texting some of them today, multiple of them today, like, hey, we're going to go grab some food at his house or my house or whatever. And she's like, I could never hang out with a regular. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, she sees me interacting with these people, like, we're really friends, you know? Yeah. So what what did what do you think you learned most about, like, what did you learn, biggest lesson you learned about yourself when traveling and having that, like, time and space to really get to know you? Because you're not around anybody. It's just you, your wife, and your kid, of course. But I'm sure you're you're just, you know thinking a lot and just sort of like there's a lot of reflection that a happens. lot of reflection so what, what did you learn like what was the biggest lesson so far that you've learned hmm. or about yourself so many man but i think the biggest one for me was 
it's okay to redefine who you are at any moment you want to. That to me, when I was like thinking about it, and the way that I came to that conclusion was, I'm sitting there and I'm not doing anything. I'm in like the, the south of Portugal, you know, in this beautiful villa looking off to the most beautiful water you could ever see. And I was having a hard time not working. Right. I'm like, let me just take a break. Let me just take a little break, whatever it is. I don't care if it's nine to five or entrepreneur, whatever it is. And I was like, unhappy. I was like, why am I unhappy? As I've defined myself as this person who works 10 hour days. Right. And I had to take a step back and say, dude, chill. It's okay. You worked very hard for a very long period of time. Don't allow these societal norms or whatever society tries to place us in dictate your happiness. And so from that moment, I was like, I was, it, was, it was a moment for me, right? It was this kind of like pivotal perspective that I that was changing in my mind, right? Where I was like, okay, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to go swimming. Then I'm going to come back and I'm going to eat lunch. Then I'm going to go take a nap. Then I'm going to drink some wine. And then I'm going to go take another nap. Then I'm going to go eat some food. And I'm going to be okay with that, right? And it sounds kind of like, audacious and stuff like that and kind of pompous in a way but it was it's a real thing I feel like we're all kind of stuck in this grind at all times and it's like you can say hey tomorrow I want to be an entrepreneur tomorrow I want to be um, a server tomorrow I want to be a plumber tomorrow I want to be happy tomorrow I don't want to be whatever it may be whatever makes you happy should be your end all be all mm -hmm. and would you say like you're still do you still have that entrepreneurial spirit? Are you still thinking about new business ideas, new real estate opportunities? Like, or have you kind of shut that off? All the time. I you mean, can't when, just turn that off. Yeah, when you have that bug, and it's actually harder to turn it off than turn it on. In my in my case, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm continuously thinking, and I'm that annoying guy. Like this guy's like comes out with this really cool, I don't know, like blazer or fish or something like. Or, or limoncello or something. Oh, this guy had, like, really great tuna, right? And I'm like, oh, how do we get this in the States? I can fix some importing up for you. He's like, dude, like, just, like, I just want to serve some fish in my restaurant. You know? just or, like, the limoncello guy, right? The limoncello guy was this awesome dude. He's making limoncello for his family and also a lot of Italy, too. And, and I'm like, yo, listen, my non-compete's ending in a couple of years. Let's bring this into the U.S. And, and he's like, well, how many cases? I'm like, we should probably, like, shoot for, like, 50,000 cases. He's like, bro. <laughs> These are my lemons. <laughs> He's like, you're looking at my lemons right now. <laughs> I don't have enough for this. <laughs> well, listen, you got a few years until my non-compete ends. <laughs> this is my warehouse, this lemon tree. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It was like interesting to kind of see their reactions too, where it's like that whole Chinese fisherman proverb. I don't know if you guys have heard it. I'm going to bastardize it. But like, I'll, I'll put it in a nutshell. This also kind of like made me kind of reflect on my own life. You know, foreigner comes into this small Chinese um, village and the Chinese fisherman is, is bringing fish back to his house and he gives some to the foreigner. Again, I'm bastardizing, I apologize, but, and you guys should go read it. And then he brings it back and the, the foreigner says, man, this is the best fish I've ever had. What are you doing? He's like, well, I just fish for a couple of myself and for my family and my brother, and I do it every morning and then I come back and I, I just rinse and repeat this every single day. And I read a book and I hang out with my family and we eat fish. He goes, well, listen, this is the best fish I've ever had. I think we should start exporting this. And he goes, to do what? He said, well, to start a company. And he goes, okay, to do what then? 
And he goes, well, it's going to become massive. It's going to be worth millions and millions of dollars. And he goes, okay, then what? So then it's going to go public. And this thing is going to be huge. And he goes, then what? And then he's going to, and, gonna, and he's like, then what? And he goes, then you're just going to be able to just chill out and go fishing and hang out with your brother. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything he's already, he's already doing. doing it. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? That's like such an interesting That's way to look That's a perspective thing. Like, right? That's definitely a perspective thing. But do you think people don't take the time to actually sit down and think like, okay, then what? Then what? Like those are powerful questions. It's like It usually ends after... I can make so much money. <laughs> How do I make all this money? And then, but exactly. What's the end goal? The, why do you want to make so much money? Like, it's usually because of freedom. You want freedom or you want to hang out with your family or be able to do things. You know what I mean? It's, it just comes down to such a simple thing. Well, that goes back to that whole happiness threshold, right? Find out where that is. I mean, if you're going to be like suicidal because you don't have a yacht, guess what, bro? Go get on that horse and figure out what the hell you need to do to get that yacht, okay? Because no one wants you to die, yeah. you know? And then it goes back to that whole happiness study. I don't remember, I don't want to, I can't remember the reference, but like there was that study where it was like the scale of happiness from like one to a hundred or something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was, hey, if you have a roof over your head to compare to the person who doesn't have a roof over their head, your happiness level is exponentially higher. Okay. Like a massive, massive amount from the guy who has the, or a woman that has the roof over their head to the guy who's driving the Ferrari is like nominal happiness increase <laughs> interesting yeah, that is very interesting that's crazy because we see the flash we get a, we get distracted by shiny way exactly. too easily we see well, shiny and we're like i want how do i get it what am i sacrificing and then we sacrifice things that we should not be sacrificing to get that nominal increase in happiness i mean think about my dad right this is all this is all happening when my my child was being born my dad worked he's a private banker very successful individual working with very high net worth individuals for his whole entire life, you know, worked till he was about 65, 70 years old. This last little bit, I don't know how old he is. I, I apologize about that, but, but sorry, dad. <laughs> I was going around telling people he was 80 and then I was doing the math and I was like, yeah, that's not 80 years old. That's what he had when he was 50. <laughs> so I think he's like 65 or something. And then he retires. Like this is a normal way of life, right? You work till you're 65, you retire. He retires and he's like, I don't know what to do with my days. Like, mm. He just doesn't understand what to do. It took him like almost two, a year and a half to be kind of get into his own. Like, hey, I'm gonna go walk on the beach for a couple hours and not do anything. He can't, he can't fathom it, right? And so it's like, how do we figure out what that is and how do we get it? That is, is the happiness. Right. So would you say for, you know, someone starting a business or some, some younger entrepreneurs out there, like, is that the first step to figure out like it's not because people get into entrepreneurship or business and you know it's so cool these days obviously and it's so it's, it's so easy with you know with digital and social and, and and all the tools at our disposal should they how should someone look at it like what would be your advice to if you're just starting a business what would you what would you what, what, what would you say to like how, how do you think about it so i think it's kind of like there's a little bit of disassociation happening and probably a little bit of contradiction if i'll be honest with myself right if you're starting a business and you're going to put yourself in through that rigmarole, just understand that you're about to go through something. Okay. Like you thought being birthed out of your mother's vagina was probably painful. Like this is, like, <laughs> I'm just saying like, they say that's the most traumatic experience of anyone's life, which is probably true. Which is why we don't remember. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just carry the trauma with us. Yeah. <laughs> that's why men are all assholes too. Like, I hate the woman. <laughs> um, but Starting a business is not for the faint of heart. I mean, we mm -hmm. all know that. 
I mean, it's hard, yeah. dude. And so, first of all, understand that you have to love it. And guess what? If you love it, that makes you happy. You gotta love it when it's not working. Yeah, and if you do love it, that makes you happy. So you're cool. You get what I mean? Like that's okay. But also be able that that goes back to that redefining thing, right? Allow yourself to kind of step back and say, this doesn't make me happy anymore. Yeah. So when do you know to like cut cut your losses and and move on, or am I giving up too soon? Because you know I believe if you don't give up, if you don't quit and give up, you won't fail, right? just keep going at it but when is it just a bad opportunity a bad like how do you know that of like i've given this all i can it's time to switch gears and change my mind and go in a different direction from a business perspective from a business perspective <clears throat> i mean it's a great question right i think giving yourself some sort of um it could be life perspective too by the way of like i thought this is how i wanted to, to live but now i changed my mind it's not working and kind of pivot right well, honestly, I mean, I think that everything needs a little bit of time, right? I'm all we're talking about everything about life and business and everything in a in a one hour. Is this a one hour? I don't know how long this is. What is? We'll go. We go forever. Okay, so whatever at this time period. <laughs> what time is it in Italy? <laughs> but my point is like we're jamming all this information into a very small period of time. But in reality, like you have to give yourself the period, at least some sort of time period to allow yourself to fail or succeed, right? Like you're starting a business, if you're not successful in two or three months, six months, even a year, it's okay. But I think the most important thing to ensure, I don't care what business it is, what you're starting, if you start sacrificing you or your family's livelihood, um, you can't put food on the table, you gotta stop. Like, I, I put that stuff first. As you should, right? Especially like, when you have a family, a young family. Yeah, you know, I mean, you see it on the, like, I mean, I love the, the show Shark Tank. Uh, I mean, I used, there, sometimes their advice is kind of bonkers, but sometimes it's like, you know, this guy's like coming on there, he's been working at us for 10 years, he's making like 50 grand a year, it's like, bro, <laughs> stop, mm -hmm. okay? Like your, your kid needs to go to school, you know, you need to put him, you, know, hey, you have to have food on your table, mm -hmm. right? So I think as long, go as long as you can until you get to that point, really, or you get sick of it, right? Well, at yeah. some point you're going to have to actually do some self-reflection and really take stock of where you're at with your business or your product, right? Like uh, it's kind of like to the point where you mentioned of, well, where do you draw that line? And I think you, you can't, you almost have to have a level of denial or this like massive amounts of belief in your product or your project or your business to get it to where it needs to get to. You have to be like the biggest advocate, but at the same time, you have to know when to check yourself and go, you know what? This is not what I thought it was. It's not going mm -hmm. where I need it to go. And timing is also everything. Sometimes it's just not right product, not the right time. Well, it's that luck factor, right? There's that too, right? That's, That's the one thing you can't account thing. for. Do you have someone or a group of guys or a mentor that you go to for business advice? Like, where do you get your advice from? I have a pretty cool circle, you know, like they're kind of like in these rings of like a tree, right? It's like some people I'm very close to and some people I'm like not so close to and some people I'm really not close to, but I always have an interaction with them when I need to or they need me, right? So specific people for specific things, but then obviously I have a, I have a confidence, confidence, right? Like individuals that I need to bounce ideas off of or just talk through or if I'm sad or if I'm depressed or if I'm happy, right? And I think it's important to be able to have that group 
you know, I'm a big believer. We're getting kind of into the relationship topics. I'm, I'm taking it there, and I apologize. But nope, this is uh, this is actually the what we want to cover. Like we want to have these conversations. We want to know from that perspective, that lens. So please cool. share away. Because you know, one thing that I have a lot of discussions with with certain individuals that are married or have girlfriends or whatever it may be or boyfriends. Um, I see a lot of individuals that are kind of becoming one. They're becoming the same person. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like they share their passwords together. Or they, 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 they have like tracking on their phones and like, oh, oh, he's almost home, you know, or she's almost home. Like what is going on here, bro? Yeah. Like this is, makes me uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Like I, I, until this day, I think almost up until like two years ago, we've been together for almost 10 years now. I didn't even have her password to her phone. You know what I mean? Well, you don't, and you didn't even care. You didn't, and, and I'm like trying about. to dovetail back into that last thing is like that, those people that are around you that are outside of your relationship or your significant other are important. Or, hey, I need to like talk to this individual about like business and stuff like that. Maybe that's something I don't want to talk to my wife about, right? I think it's important to have your own individual, right? Like you're 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 your own individual. Yeah, and your own group of people that you can turn to. Yeah, like be your be your own self, yeah. right? And that comes with the people that you surround yourself with. I'm, I'm going in this weird zigzaggy way, but that goes back to your original question, where it's like those people that you're your friends, your brothers, your cousins, whatever it is. Th that's kind of your identity, right? Yeah. And you should hold on to that as much as you can, like. My wife has her own group of friends. I have my own group of friends. Sometimes we meet up together. Sometimes we don't. Like the last four months, we didn't spend one day apart. You know what I mean? I got over here and I'm like, I gotta, I'm gonna go hang out. And she's like, by all means. <laughs> <laughs> but was it? Do you find like were you getting sick of each other, or was it just were you? You know, what was that experience like? You know, I never get sick of her because I talk about luck. I lucked out with this woman. I don't. I don't know what I did in my past life. I have no clue, okay? But she is God sent. I don't even believe in God. So it's like, she's, I don't know what, she came from somewhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the point is. From the cosmos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from the Big Bang. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's not about being sick of each other because even right now, like the last couple of nights I've been in hotels, she's been with the kid with, her, with my in-laws. Um, we've been doing some content production for some really cool hotels. And um, I still, I'm messaging, I miss you. you know what I, mean? like, I don't know what to say. Like uh, sometimes what we do when we travel, it's really cool. And I urge everyone to do this, especially if you're traveling for like an extended period, even if you're not, honestly, um, is we have solo days. Mm -hmm. okay. So it's like she goes, does whatever, and I go do whatever. And then we like compare notes at the end of the day. Like, what did you do? Half the time, like, I'm like having like martinis, like on the side of Positano. And she, I looked at the videos of what she did, and she's like in caves and stuff like that. I'm like, what the hell? I would never, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to like go in a cave right now. I don't want to hang out. I want to have like some great pasta and some martinis and, and negronis, man. Yeah, yeah. And what I love about your you know you know we hung out the other night and what i love about your relationship is there's so much sense of adventure you, you, you still like you should see how they talk to each other sometimes it's like is this like their third date second date like what's going on here <laughs> like funny. he does not treat her any differently <laughs> if she's like being if she says something silly he'll make it like that was silly that was, like it's just so refreshing because it's like it isn't defined it's like they're just having fun and and the adventure i'm sure helps a lot like i, I think it's all in your daily life honestly like last night we were out and my um 
buddy's uh, new club, Saluna, on Queen West, which is just absolutely fantastic. And um, she she was coming from Aurora, right? And I was already downtown. And she walks into the room, and I'm, like, having, like, flashbacks of, like, when we first met in Toronto. And she looks so freaking beautiful in this dress, and she's walking through the room, and I'm like, this is my wife. <laughs> 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 I'm like, checking myself, like... Is my hair okay? How do I look? <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome, though. Yeah, that's such is. a like a healthy thought well, pattern. I mean, I like so. I think the thing the thing that stands out there is that you like her. Oh my god, we talked about that the other day. Yeah. You have to like the person. Well, yeah, that's an interesting thing of like, or you've been friends with someone so long, so you love them like a brother or sister, or whatever. But then you're like, there's oh, times where you don't. If like I met them, you today, yeah. would I want to hang out with you? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? But that's why. So it, it's super important, especially in a relationship, that you like the person that you're with because you have to actually live with them. In in our earlier episode, we were talking about how love, for example, will only get you to the altar. Everything else happens after the fact is work and commitment, but none of that matters if you don't actually like the person. You know, like under any that, other yeah. circumstances, would this be a person you want to be around? If you didn't have the emotional attachments, the kid, the the history, all these things, you look at this person in isolation of all of that and go, do I even like you as a person? And I think that is evident in your case that you guys actually still like each other, which is which is a really, really big and important thing that gets lost in a lot of relationships, I find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting you say that. I mean, I meet a lot of people like like that. Obviously, I meet a lot of people just because of just who I am. But the, um, I see some people and I'm like, <laughs> you don't like you don't like her, do you? Or you don't like him, do you? He seems like an asshole. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> like eh, you know, we're fine, we're comfortable. I don't want to rock. They get the complacent, boat. yeah, yeah. And that uh, some of that is also just because of fear. Of the unknown, right? Yes. Like it's, if I'm in a relationship with someone and I accept the fact that I don't like this person or things are not where I want to be, I'm not as happy as I could be. I'm not taking stock of where my happiness is. That younger version of me, to steal your words, would not be proud of what I'm doing right now. Future me would not be thanking me mm-hmm. for the decisions I'm making That's today. That's a powerful statement, by the way. So yeah, I love that. I'm going to steal that. Yeah. Um, they they don't want to rock the boat and then they end up in these unhappy relationships and it just eats away at them and then it just never changes and then it bleeds into everything else they do their other friendships their goals and their ambitions their career they don't start that that business because they're just so deeply unhappy with everything else and it all starts with that person that you go home to because they can either make your day, they can break your day, they can push you when you need to be pushed, or they can drag you all the way down. And having a relationship where you like the person, I think is where it all should start. So everything you said 100% agree on, I'm just going to alter one thing in my opinion. It all starts with the relationship with yourself. Yes, right? you're right. Like Everything that you said, I was like relating to myself, right? Like, am I doing right by myself? Am I a person that I think I would like? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Am I, you said like that, that sense of fear, right? We talked about it earlier where it's like I was saying that, hey, people have this fear of not being able to do the things they want to do because they're in the grind or they're worried, right? Like I feel like everybody should, this is all to the single people. I mean, me and you are single. This, this guy is perpetually single. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Those are, we're envious of you, by the way. Let's just point that out yeah, there, okay? True. I tell my wife all the time, I'm vicariously living through Amy. I'm just like, <laughs> the grass is always greener, my friends. <laughs> Listen, the grass is green where you wet it. There you go. Whoa. Ooh, getting deep, Samir. We're getting deep. That was, uh, this is, that was a big one. I'm going to steal that one. <laughs> go for it. Uh, but my point is that when we have discussions, it's like, dude, you got to be happy with yourself. Then you can start adding people to your life. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. It's fine. We were talking a little bit earlier. <clears throat> there was a period of time for me uh, in March 2020 when COVID like locked everything down. I had just split up with my ex. And I had to learn to figure out who I was, mm -hmm. my entire identity, that idea of like two people becoming one. That was me. My entire identity was tied to my relationship. My friends were her friends. My identity was her identity. My likes and not and dislikes were her likes and dislikes. And when I started to shift away from that, I started to realize that there was there was fundamental differences in that relationship that were just being buried for so long. And then having to sort of live by yourself and figure all that out, that sort of deep dive of, do I like who I am? Do I, is the younger version proud of where I am today? And the answer to those questions were no. Mm -hmm. So I said, without knowing this sort of like analogy or ethos, I was asking myself, how do I become the man that I want to be? And that took a lot of work. That took a lot of conversations and like pulling crap out. And internal like, conversations. Internal. Too, yeah. A lot of looking in the mirror and realizing I don't like who I am. I don't like who I was. I don't like where I'm going. I need to chart a whole new path. And it was so uncomfortable. And that comes back to that redefining, right? Exactly. Allow yourself to redefine. And, and the fear of doing it was paralyzing for so long. And I remember, and it's funny that we're talking about entrepreneurial um, mindsets and all those things. I remember for so long in my life, I used to look at people in my circle who had the entrepreneurial spirit. I used to look at you guys, for example, and be like, wow, it's so cool that you guys do all these things. And I'm like, I could, I don't have an entrepreneurial bone in my body. And I realized that after charting my own path and allowing my brain to start going, okay, start looking at things from that perspective. I'm kind of now in the same boat where everything I look at is like, okay, how can we monetize this? <laughs> <laughs> how can I turn this into a business, right? And and it becomes very intoxicating and it becomes a bug in and of itself where you're just like, I want to do everything. Yeah, I personally struggle with, I try to do so much. I work, you know, I wake up and I work all the way till it's dark out and then I'm still working. And then I'm like finding ways to maximize my time. Where it's like, okay, well, you know what? Maybe when I go to the gym, maybe I don't go for a jog. Instead, I go on the on the bike. That way I can do emails while I'm on the bike. And it's just like finding more ways, and it's not healthy. So I mean, I lost you at, like, bike and jogging. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know these. Uh, what does that mean? I'm sorry. No, I, but seriously, I keep going. Yeah, it's no, but yeah. Uh, it, it's one of those things where I spend so much of my time trying to f maximize every ounce of the day squeeze every ounce of it that i sometimes forget to take a moment and go look at how far i've come in the last two years from where i was that one guy sitting on the floor in the corner of his of his condo mm -hmm. afraid of the size of his condo and it's a condo in toronto let's be real it's mm -hmm. not that big mm -hmm. but just looking at it and feeling overwhelmed by it all and then looking at where i am at today and going anything is doable you can conquer anything if you redefine who you are and then clearly define 
where you want to go. Mm-hmm. You understand your why to your point. So that definitely resonates with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the the big thing for me is, you know, s- sometimes when I come across, it's like my definition of happiness is different than yours and yours, mm-hmm. right? So it's like that has to be number one, right? If getting up at six in the morning and going, I mean, he calls me at like six in the morning. He's like, I'll be done with the gym. At, and he's texting me like six in the morning. I'm going to be done with the gym in 30 minutes. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is this guy talking about right now? <laughs> like I'm up at like six a.m., but I'm not like going to the gym, dude. I'm like doing emails You're on diaper from my duty. bed, okay? <laughs> and I'm like feel productive too. By the way, I'm like, oh look at this, I had a couple emails. Right now. Like, <laughs> Day's done. <laughs> Where's that martini? <laughs> so the point is, like, if those are the things, all I'm asking for everyone to do is to just ask those questions from themselves, right? Like if those are the things, those things that you just labeled throughout your day that you're trying to squeeze every little last bit out of it, if those are the things that make you happy, then keep doing them, right? But if one of those things is off, let's stop, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, there's an there's a uh, an organization app that I've been using called Sunsama, and it's very interesting because I don't know if it works very well for corporate. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's not like, you know, Asana or Slack or something. I don't, I don't personally think, but I'm not obviously too versed in it. I've only been using it for two or three months. But they have these different channels, almost like Slack as well, right, mm-hmm. where you can kind of – and I put all my different businesses, real estate or whatever I'm working on, blah, 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 um, into it, and personal as well too, right? And then throughout, and then for the whole day I'll, or program the whole day and, 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 and on – and there's a lot of cool features, but I don't, I don't have to get into all of it. The big thing is that at the end of the day, you do a wrap-up, okay? And you can say, and then you say how long it took you to do each one of those tasks. And then at the end of the week and the end of the month, it calculates how much time you spent on each channel. Oh, really? That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So it's like, then I look at the end of the month and I say, well, I spent a lot of time on this, this, and this, and it made me zero money. And I spent very little time on this, this, and this, and it made me a lot of money. Or I spent so much on my own personal, but I was super happy, or whatever it may be, right? right. Then I double down on that. It's like gas and fire. Mm. I'm a big advocate of fire and gas, right? I don't know if you guys know the analogy, right? You start a business, whatever it may be, personal or business. Let's use the word, let's use business for the sake of this conversation. If you crack the code, you have a fire now, right? Guess what? Now all you need is money. That's gas. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you just dump it. If so that's how you that scale happy. business, what's what's the what's the app called? Uh, Sansama. Okay, I, I've been dabbling in Notion and I use Notion too. I I, I before before I use Sansama. Yeah. It's a little bit less organized for me, but I, I I struggle with that because I'm trying to run multiple businesses off, and, and I use Notion for that plus my personal, and then at the same time I'm just like there's too much going on, and I can't seem to. I'm a very visual person, so if I can't visually line them up and then see what am I working That's how on, it is, yeah. It messes with me. And then me. you can, like, throw it off to the next. Oh, at the beginning of the day, it asks you, hey, does all this need to happen today? Or really? can you throw it to the next day? And it just moves it over. And you move it. It gives That's you the option cool. to, like, prioritize. Like yeah, and at the That's end cool. of the day, or the next day you start, it said, what did you not get done? Does, okay. And then it pushes you to the, to the same day. Like so, like, that. you wake up and you yeah. didn't get three things done, it automatically goes to the next day, and then it asks you, does it need to happen today? Or one of the cool things was 
These guys need to pay me, by the way. What the hell am I? What is this? <laughs> I thought this was a sponsored no, segment. No, this is for a not moment. sponsored, dude. Okay, like Sansama, call me, dude. Uh, the CEO is a pretty cool dude. First. I actually had an email back and forth with him too. Um, I was like, you have a really cool product. I just reached out to him. I was like, yeah. you have a really cool again product. a product that you believe in and use, and it's working for you, personal business, multiple. Businesses. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I just I, I looked at, I looked at his email. Oh, when I signed up, the CEO sends out emails like these daily emails, I was like, I'm gonna respond to this. I just responded to him, like, I just wanna let you know you have a really cool app. He's like, he responded. He's like, thanks, man, appreciate that. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it's, it looks like spam, you yeah. know? Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's helpful, but I'm just saying, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, where do people follow you, number one, and why would someone follow your journey on TikTok? Like, I've been following it myself, and it's, it's, it's kind of refreshing because you, you kind of, it's like, because I know you maybe, I don't know if that's different, and it's like, you, you know, it's like, wow, you know, talking to you on the phone and i'm seeing you doing this i'm like it's it's, it's kind of cool so but why would someone want to follow you if they didn't know you and what would they get out of it like what what are you trying to build there i'm it sounds corny but like i don't really monetize i mean I, i'm not as of right now i'm not monetizing anything on that thing so it's really just an organic kind of me sharing experiences with the world as corny as that may sound it's your journey you know yeah, it's my journey it's like, i started it as a kind of like a daily vlog for myself you know, like just like a daily diary of some sort, right? But aren't you doing also a time capsule where every place you go, you're bearing a time capsule? Yeah, that's kind of weird. For your daughter to I saw uncover. That. Yeah, tell me about that. For, for her to uncover on her 18th birthday. Like, I, I get emotional when I just say those things. I know, out it's pretty it's weird. Crazy. It's crazy. Tell us how that works. Okay, so when we decided that we were going to travel, we were like, oh, this is going to be freaking awesome. But then we were like, damn. Penelope's is not going to remember none of this. <laughs> like, sucks for Remember her. when you were here in Greece <laughs> breaking glass? <laughs> no, I just, I was like, I told her, I was like, I don't want to be one of those um, annoying parents where I was like, well, we took you around the world when you were six months old. You should be thankful for us for everything that we do for you. you know I mean? <laughs> and like, mom and dad, I don't remember any of that. Stop talking about it, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I thought of this cool idea of like burying time capsules in every country that we visit in a place that we like. Um, and so during the whole month that we're there, we gather interesting things that remind us of whatever is happening throughout that period in our life or that month in our life. Um, and sometimes just interesting things that are topical in, in daily life in general, right? Like in a couple of the first ones were like masks, right? Like yeah. what's gonna happen in the future, right? One of them was like, headphones with wires like they're already cool. kind of obsolete right yeah yep. so i put that in there you know and so we put it we put it in a wet bag uh, which a wet bag is like for like scuba diving and stuff or whatever yep. yeah and um and then we bury it and then we uh take the geotag on google or i or i maps or whatever it is and uh, we take a video of where it is and like how many steps it is from this place or whatever it is and we and we bury it and then and I'm putting it in my will and my trust in case I do pass early that um, this these instructions will be given to her. And if not, hopefully when she's 18, she'll want to take us. That's what we keep joking about. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's going to want to go by herself if she does. Okay. But like, that'd be great if we could go too. <laughs> but what's really funny about that whole journey, the one thing I never imagined, again, not being an active person in any, any way digging these holes i was gonna say would you do show up with a little mini shovel no, like, i was like wait, wait, one one time i found i had to, i was like okay how are we gonna dig this thing so i went and bought a shovel from like whatever the store was <laughs> 
thing broke after like three scoops. I'm there with like a spoon and a knife. <laughs> and like, I'm like, has anyone seen me? You know what I mean? Like, this is taking way longer than I thought, right? First just... of all, there is rocks. I know I'm going to sound like an idiot, but like, I'm like, I'm just thinking, you see in the movies, we were digging, like, they're burying bodies and stuff, like, in one hour, right? I'm like, okay, I mean, this is going to be fine. I'm digging, there's a rock, there's another rock, there's another rock. I'm like, this is insane, dude, okay? And it's just public, like, areas, and, like, you just go find a public. Like, that well, one like crazy guy just burying, digging stuff in the middle of a <laughs> Like, have you been stopped by, like, the no, no, local? Usually we try to find somewhere, like, near the place that we're staying. So that hopefully she'll be able to stay there and okay. get to know the family. Because we get to know the families of all these places that we go, by the way. That's pretty cool. Oh, that's nice. That's, that's beautiful. Super cool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, about, that's the right way to travel. So it was, it's, pretty, it's pretty interesting. We're always like, is this going to, like, what's going to happen? Like, my wife would leave, like, a dress, yeah. you know, oh, that she would wear cool. throughout the month. Yeah. And she could wear I left a shirt the other day. You know, I left my wallet. I left a pair of glass sunglasses. Like, things that, like, I was using through that. Or, like, even more cool is, like, um, tickets to that ferry. Right mm -hmm. or that receipt to that restaurant we all loved. Yeah, yeah. Right, like cool. things like or like euros, you know, things cool. stuff like, like that. Idea. You know, that's really cool. It's a very unique idea, very original. Right? I don't think I've ever heard of anything like that, but it it just makes so much what sense. What a gift! Imagine yeah. on your 18th birthday getting that gift out of Go nowhere. Like, you've world, known your parents for 18 years, and they didn't mention anything about this. And unless she goes on like TikTok and like. Unless she, she's five. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Can we go here? <laughs> yeah, and it will be when she's like three years old. Like, yeah. like uh, they're so close. But well, listen, this is uh, this is awesome. This is amazing. Thank you for for coming here and and sharing sort of your story, your journey, uh, your insight, your your butchered proverbs. Love it all. <laughs> appreciate so it all. So, um, so what's going on next? We're, you're here in town, and then what's next? So I'm going to be in Toronto for another couple of days. I've been here for about a week, um, which I don't know where your audience is, if it's mostly Toronto. I do want to send a message to all Torontonians. Like, you guys have it good. This is a very, very good city to live in. I know that being in it and being in the rigmarole and, you know, that whole kind of corporate mentality kind of gets the best of us. Or I hear people saying, like, people in Toronto aren't nice, and I'm like, Dude, go to L.A., bro. Is okay, it, <laughs> wasn't it your favorite, like, most favorite culinary city? I personally think it's the most underrated culinary city in the world. Really? Yeah, in my own in my own humble opinion. I think people like to say, especially in North America, I think people like to say, first of all, is Mexico in North America or not? Because I thought it was in not Central America. Okay, so the, see the word technically. Because everyone on my not. TikTok That's was like, he's going to Mexico City. And I'm like, Mexico City? I'm like, is that Central America? That's Central. Okay, yeah. but but they also reference North America. Well, they like for example, even for the FIFA World Cup in twenty twenty six or whatever it is, it's going to be in in Canada, the U.S., and Mexico, and they're calling it North America. So, so it's weird, right? It is. It's it's okay, technically sure. Central America. <laughs> but then there's going to be somebody who does geography way better than any three of us ever could, and we're going to get trolled. Yeah, one hundred percent. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I actually do think that some of the best culinary experiences in the world are here. I mean, the food is fantastic. I mean, you can't go to a wrong restaurant around here. Um, and especially like places like Bar Chef, for example, or Dilo, or any of the places that we've gone over the last little bit, um, they're just so, so good. Um, but next, after that, um, we're going to go to LA. I got to go to Louisville. I got to go to Nashville. I got to go to San Diego. I got a couple weddings to go to. And then starting September 1, um, we're going to be off to Hawaii for about a month and a half. I got this really cool little cottage um, right on the water. It's beautiful. Um, and then from there, we go to uh, Guatemala, 
Um, And then from Guatemala, which is this beautiful lake called Lake Atilan. Again, I'm butchering. This isn't like my thing. But it's this beautiful freshwater lake, um, a volcanic freshwater lake. It's, oh, wow. it's very beautiful. It's that three hours beautiful. from Guatemala City. I mean, it's like it's it's pretty unique. And then from there we go to Barbados, and then from there we're going to Colombia to spend Christmas um, with her family. She's Colombian. My wife's Colombian. And then oh, I, I didn't know that. I thought she was Persian. No, she's Colombian. Okay. Um, and I'm scared of Persian women. <laughs> My mom did a thing. On he me just had to throw that in there. It's just like two of two Michaels in a room is just not a good thing. You know what I mean? Um, and then, um, and then I think we're gonna go visit our friends in Turks and Caicos. Um, and I don't know. From there, we don't know. I don't know if we're gonna buy a house or if we're gonna keep traveling. Um, I like that. Happens. That's great stuff. And uh, where where can everybody follow this journey? All on TikTok. I mean, Instagram is kind of just. Um, place where I post cool pictures for friends and family now. Okay. You know, because friends and family don't go on TikTok. I mean, a lot of people are like, what is TikTok? And is it for yeah. kids? Or they don't understand that they're pushing really heavily into educational as well, too. Okay. So, yeah, just Michael Modometti at, uh, at TikTok. Very cool. Awesome. Dude, it's been a pleasure, guys. It's been great. No, listen, I, I didn't know what to expect here, but I, I love it. I swear to God. Thank you. It's awesome. I mean, it's yeah. been so cool. The conversation's been great. Um, literally do it thank all day you for having me honestly yeah. no please it's our pleasure we, we appreciate you coming in i know that you're only in town for a little bit so making the time to come in and chat with us we're, we're i very... hope i didn't ramble too much but no not at all no this was this was, was a good healthy conversation yeah this is exactly like the idea here behind the gents talk series is conversations with men about life because other men, like outside of having, you have that core group of men in your life that you mm-hmm. turn to, you talk to, those confidants. There's a lot of men out there that don't have that. And over the last couple of years with the pandemic, a lot of men were stuck and realized they don't have people they can turn to or the people that they can turn to were just their significant other, which is not a bad thing. But if it's the only option, it's a bad thing. And we realize that there needs to be a platform for men who can tune in and maybe learn, maybe see things from a different perspective, hear from the, the, the gents who've are, who are living life, right? Who are yeah. experiencing things, who practice what they preach. And if they don't have that one person who's physically in their life, perhaps this might offer some insight and help them along their path. Because just again, speaking from my own personal experience, and the reason I bring up my personal experience so often is because it almost, for me, it, demonstrates that I've been there where a lot of men still are. Mm-hmm. And I can say that it gets better. You learn, you grow. And having the right group of men around you will literally move mountains for you. I love that you say that because there's so many times that I feel like men in general um, aren't allowed to express themselves, aren't allowed to be sensitive, aren't allowed to be vulnerable or emotional or talk about kind of inner thoughts of that they're having because of this stigma that whether they have for themselves or society has for themselves, whatever it may be. And so this is a great platform to be able to kind of come in and say, hey, I actually kind of feel like this and you know, I don't really, f- I don't really share it with a lot of people besides a very small group of friends, but I just want to let everybody know it's okay. You know? Yeah, like even if it's just giving permission to to, to have these open conversations. Like me talking emotional. about existential crisis when my daughter's born, my dad's retiring. I mean, this is not something that like normal like, men would talk about. You know, I'm not going around 
going around sharing this, but I think it was important to your point. I felt, I felt, or just when I sat down here, that it was probably a good idea to be able to share that. Like, it's okay. You know, like, it's okay. And I told my wife the other day, I was like, we were in the car waiting for this guy. Um, (laughs) And we were so late that we had to feed the baby. Okay. So we're feeding the kid in the car, right? (laughs) There's like, hair flying there's like turkey on my pants i mean (laughs) and my wife is feeding the kid you know what i mean and i'm just like and she's so calm about things but i'm just like stressing right and i was like i told her i'm like i honestly think that there should be a mandate that if you have a child you should go through therapy for the first two years (laughs) because it's like there's so many things in my mind that i don't want to like put that on her She's already has so much pressure going on, so much stuff going on, and now I'm going to be like, I'm really stressed out because you're feeding her turkey. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like, interesting. and these feelings are all real. My point is that we all have them, and this is a great safe space for men. Gents talk. I mean, I think you guys are doing a fantastic job, so kudos thank to you. both of you. Thank you thank again. You. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. And uh, stay in touch. Perfect. Let us know what you're doing, and then the next time you drop by Toronto again, We'll get you right back in here, and you can tell us the next spot you travel to, the, the next proverb that you've learned. <laughs> or, or Maybe you write learned. them down. Or not learn. <laughs> you write a few down, and then we'll go from there. All right, man. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, gentlemen. Appreciate it. All right.